0: Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing.
1: Welcome back to listen to another story in our series called Grace Stories. Everyone has a story because everyone is on a journey in life, and the story that you're going to hear today, it will amaze you. As we see how a young lady met someone who changed her life. And it's a story about God's grace in her life's journey. So, Ashley Teeley, to everyone else, looked like the perfect student. Top student, top athlete, socially active. But she saw herself differently. So much that she wanted to leave this world. So she drove to the top of a 400-foot bridge over Tampa Bay. And from there, she fell into the hands of a loving God. She'll tell you what happened and how life is going today. This is her grace story. Well, I'm sitting here in uh, Tampa, Florida, looking out at the beautiful Tampa Bay in a beautiful area of town, talking to someone that I have met and gotten to know a little bit and uh, her name is ashley tealy and she's sitting with us today ashley i appreciate the opportunity to speak with you tonight Well, charlie
0: thanks for having me i'm (laughs) glad to be here
1: (laughs) and the reason that we wanted to talk to ashley is because uh, i think she has a story that would i think you will appreciate and others may find help from listening to her testimony that's very interesting but Ashley, tell, give us a little bit about yourself so people can understand. You grew up in Tampa?
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, got the pleasure of being the, the Tampa native within my large, expansive family. Um, grew up with two brothers and um, still reside here now. I'm in my 30s.
1: So. Okay. And you work in accounting. I just learned that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, the
0: family trade, uh, CPA by trade and... Um, Working on tax strategies on the day to day,
1: and I know I know your parents, and, and I think that you probably grew up in church,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
1: Okay. So, what was what was that like? Your church experience as a youth?
0: Yeah, um, I would say my personally, I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior when I was probably eleven. Um, but our from our family of origin, we just uh, decided to go to private school at a Catholic. Uh, institution and so 13 years of catholic education so um there became to be kind of this dichotomy of the truth learned in sunday school at a bible-based church mm-hmm. and um but sort of the religion of what an institution wants to teach in the traditions they want to instill
1: was it overall a good religious experience or did it turn you off to uh religious uh, what, what do we want to say, formal religion?
0: Um, I wouldn't say I ever rejected formal religion, but I did feel hypocrisy and sort of. In the the, school. In the school and the difference of sort of what you say versus what you do. Hmm.
1: Okay. And so were you active in church in later years, like as a teenager?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So um, after after I went to a Billy Graham crusade and kind of the gospel was shared and real in the light bulb went off so knowing okay Accepting Jesus is being Christian not just showing up to a school or a church and so um, began to do community service and um, Began to kind of learn a little bit of what the difference was between Christianity and Catholicism, mm. so um started to walk off my faith but very much in a very small way oh,
1: it's always amazing to me how many people come to know jesus through billy graham crusades
0: you know <laughs> the lot. gospel's
1: on the radio it's in the churches it's on tv and yet people go to a crusade and that man was just so gifted in evangelism that
0: he was yes <laughs> god used
1: him i have so many people that tell me that
0: a lot of oh. seeds are planted so
1: wow. that's great so i i know also you were uh pretty athletic in school you were involved in in, uh, what what, did you start in junior high your sports activity
0: yeah i I would say i sat on the sidelines of a lot of football games and always i was like put me in you know (laughs) but the boys would play so um kind of more of a tomboy growing up but um i found my stride playing volleyball so that was my sport of choice and um, when i decided to forego playing in college although I could have played maybe at a smaller Division II school, um, got a chance to run track and try a few sports and things. So I always was fairly athletic and enjoyed competition.
1: Were your social social life and social circles more built around school, school friends and sports or church?
0: I would say primarily uh, sports and school and uh, a lot of – academics so was in like honor society and uh key club the hints of accounting were coming through serving as treasurer and things like that oh, so, <laughs> it was the way back then <laughs> I, I recall accounting um, money in the school office when 9-11 occurred because they had a tv on um, and everyone else was in a normal classroom and i was one of the earlier ones to know because we were we had a bake sale or something, and rounding it up, so <laughs> you remember things like that well,
1: so your your teenage years how was your your faith did it uh, you know it's teenage years are turbulent years for anybody, but how did how did you do spiritually walking through all the struggles of you know growing up as in a teenager with different influences from school and so forth?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would say. Like I said, there was these seeds of a relationship with Christ and I would go through these seasons um where, you know, I'd get up early and I'd want to get doing well at school and I would have like, you know, quiet time and I think you know, whether it was a formalized Bible reading, but um just prayer and I could sense a closeness to the Holy Spirit, but then very quickly, you know, maybe months later, um, I would get off running, you know, maybe traveling in volleyball and in that habit and that closeness quickly went by the wayside so it was you know going out with friends or you know enjoying the athletics or things like that so the the relationship wasn't very rooted i would say
1: wasn't very rooted in deep Mm -mm. you mean Mm -hmm. kind of in in the sense of intimacy with god Mm -hmm. but yeah there's a church will take you I think a lot of ways into the formal side of having a relationship, how to study the Bible, how to pray, mm-hmm. but it's really up to us to deepen that and and, spend and I would the time. say
0: my exposure to church once i um the aspect of a personal relationship wasn't essential, it was a lot of learning and and um very intellectual, which I think I can appreciate now, but getting those first things first i think kind of flew to chapter 10 and, and probably could have used chapter 10 through uh, or chapter two through nine <laughs> on <laughs> on building that foundation so
1: okay so uh your teenage years were what how would you describe your experience in high school and as a teenager
0: sure um i would say there's a lot of ups and downs i went through some trauma in my life and um just had some tough relationship things that happened with girlfriends, just kind of exclusion or what have you, and um, some sudden loss in my family. A couple young cousins of mine passed away along with my aunt suddenly in a car accident, so um, there's a lot of emotion I didn't know how to deal with, and so um, without being able to heal from that and, and kind of move on, I think um, I struggled to to get my feelings out to whether that was anger or sadness or frustration. So um, I would say I was probably a, a moody teenager to, to say the least. Um, and I kind of carried that weight for a long time even into uh, basically my graduation, my senior graduation. In high school? hmm in high school.
1: So you're suppressing all these things. You didn't feel like you could share them with your family uh, or you didn't want to? some some personalities that way i certainly that way i (laughs) i push things down
0: yeah i think i had come to um i was living striving versus you know when we think about abiding in christ and kind of resting i think i was constantly seeking approval and if i were to expose these weaknesses that would be maybe equated to failure so for Mm. me that's how I saw it from the viewpoint. Nobody said that, nobody, but that's how I viewed it.
1: So you were kind of a super achiever and you didn't want to admit weaknesses. <laughs> correct. There
0: did anyone want to see behind <laughs> the facade.
1: I tell people I'm a re- reformed um, perfectionist. Uh, <laughs> I'm a reforming perfectionist.
0: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, relate to that. Yeah.
1: Um, so that, that, then you went to college after that?
0: I did. Um, I went to the University of Florida to study. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. What were you studying?
0: I studied health science. Health science. hmm
1: And how were how things with you and the Lord in college? Because that's another difficult atmosphere.
0: Um, I would say that my relationship with the Lord was stronger. Um, I sought out fellowship, and I started to understand what that looked like on a personal level.
1: hmm Now... Uh, your your social life i just, college has a lot of social things going on um i've heard your testimony before so i know you mm-hmm. <laughs> you had some uh social engagements and one of them didn't turn out very well
0: mhm mhm so um so for me the i guess pe- most pivotal point of my life was um i strove and put a lot of energy and effort into my accomplishments, particularly in, in high school. And so when I um, went to graduation and I found out I wasn't you know, valedictorian or salutatorian, but third in my class, um, that was disappointment. Again, kind of going to the perfection and mm-hmm. um, kind of being voted best all around and, and, um, but not really excelling in any one You were category. the best
1: all around? That's that, what that wasn't, good, wasn't good enough for you <laughs>
0: <laughs> to me it felt like i was a jack-of-all-trades so yeah okay. and um how silly is that and you talk about satan's lies
1: and how many people have asked you since then how you graduated from high school no one probably right
0: yeah it doesn't matter right yeah, it doesn't it's, matter it's, no. at the time your perspective i understand is so, that perfectly yeah, I, understand. So, I
1: went through this similar thing
0: yeah so narrow and um I was just struggling with what would my life look like after, after all of that energy had been spent um, focusing on all of those accomplishments. I was going to, I was daunted by the fact of starting all over and uh, mm. I had been struggling emotionally and um, unfortunately I had spent many nights going to sleep thinking of, um, didn't see a hope for my life and thought about. Ending my life, um, I thought about taking like our dog's uh, leash and um, you know doing something with that at, at my home, and um, was you know even kind of going to school with um, just just a very wouldn't make it on time. Was struggling to kind of meet those expectations, and so at my graduation, I um, I very much lost hope and so much so that when I um, left our graduation party, I, um, I played a very secular song, um, Never Meant to Cause You Trouble um, by Coldplay. I just played it over and over mm-hmm. again, and I drove to um, the Sunshine Skyway Bridge in St. Pete and um, parked my car, and I decided that I was gonna end my life, and I jumped from the bridge.
1: You jumped from Sky Bridge over yep. Tampa Bay. I have actually fished under Sky Bridge. It's a very high bridge. How high is that?
0: Um, over 400 feet. Over
1: 400 feet. And mm-hmm. you jumped. And you're here to talk about it. That's amazing. That. Let me just back up a little bit because you graduate as an overachiever. And everybody looks at you and probably think you've got everything made. And you're, they probably envy you mm. and want to be like you. And yet you're going to sleep at night wondering if you want to live.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is, is that because of experiences in the past or just doubts about the future? Mm. Or doubts about yourself?
0: That's hard to say. Um, I think I was believing lies, you know? Um, believing Satan's lies that I'm not good enough
1: not good enough for
0: Um, I don't know
1: just not good enough for a person yeah you had such a high standard for, for yourself
0: herself, yeah and I think anything I did that I felt ashamed of you know I wouldn't forgive myself I wouldn't let it go hmm I wouldn't move on from and so I just held on to that and played very much like I played the music tape over and over and over again, I was probably playing certain mistakes over and over again. Okay.
1: I can see. I just was wondering about that because, you know, some people who would be suicidal uh, Mm -hmm. have faced maybe a great trauma or they're at the end of their line as a drug addict or something, but here you look like you have life all put together.
0: And I think that's the, the weight, right? You put yourself under this, nobody else's expectation really, but your own and to keep that up isn't sustainable.
1: Okay, so l- let's go back to the story. Uh, not many people fall 400 feet in Tampa Bay, which has raging currents, I know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in and out, um, and live to talk about it, so what happened?
0: Um, so I jumped from the, the bridge and... Um, immediately hit the water, which felt like concrete. <laughs> um, when you come down with physics of the, mm. um, the velocity of that, and, um, and instantly my, my limbs were, were flailing everywhere to, to swim, and I knew upon contact with the water that I was alive, um, and I needed to get to the surface. And in, instantly I earnestly cried out, and started praying, and that Lord that I knew, um, those are Our Fathers that I had said were, was the, became the tape that I started playing over and over again, and um, just saying, Our Father who art in heaven. And um, I knew I needed his help, and that I had done a really terrible thing that um, I now needed rescue from. And so I uh, began to swim, and. Um, you know not of my own strength but probably angels with me mm-hmm. um keeping me safe from sharks and from whatever those conditions were um it was probably you know one or two in the morning when i jumped and mm-hmm. um swam for a considerable amount of time enough for you know cargo ships to come and go underneath the the bridge and um that find me and um as i I attempted to swim towards what I thought was the coast and and, um, lights in the distance. And like you mentioned, the current, very strong, Mm -hmm. um, was not a good idea to swim against. And so eventually the current kind of took me from one side of the bridge under into the other side. Um, There is a larger channel marker structure on the south side that um, became apparent uh, that I could see. So I began swimming towards that. and was able to uh hoist myself up there onto the concrete base. And uh and that's when I realized I had a, a broken back mm. um just excruciating pain that uh that I was protected from while I needed to swim, the adrenaline and everything else. That I um, did I felt fine until that uh came up out of that water realizing I was very broken in a lot of ways, and so um, I found rest there and fell asleep, and there were some fishermen in the morning that um, were able to see that I was there and call Coast Guard, because there's a lot of people that uh, that don't don't make it when Mm -hmm.
1: they jump. Mm -hmm. You were able to swim to this, what you call it, a marker, Mm -hmm. and crawl up. You know you're... Terribly injured physically, you know. You knew you had a broken back.
0: I mean, something was terrible. Yeah, something was terrible, Mm -hmm. excruciating
1: pain, and you fell asleep.
0: (laughs) Maybe Elijah in the under the broom bush or something.
1: (laughs) Or exhaustion was it exhaustion? Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I imagine. Let's see, the graduating party that would have been about May,
0: sometime Mm, May. May So it it Mm
1: -hmm. could have been warm in Tampa here or chilly, but if you're wet at night, I imagine you, you're cold too. It's an amazing experience. So these fishermen find you, do you remember much about that and what they were saying or
0: yeah, they brought you to shore? Or? So to that point, um, I had to shed the clothing I had cause it was all tattered and torn. So, I mean, I was basically raw in every extent. And, um, you know, they put those cold thermal blankets like after you run on a marathon, you know, mm-hmm. um, because i was like in hyperthermia probably mm-hmm. or whatever um so and um, they had trouble knowing where to take me because in that bay there's um three counties that basically intersect so from a rescue standpoint what part of the water are we in to what hospital do we take her in and, and um to this day i still wonder about those fishermen like mm. um how they felt or what they thought you know they had no clue and i didn't have a chance but i'm very grateful um that they did what they did but um so they took me to the hospital and then and then instantly um, when i was there when upon being interviewed you know it was a story it was a i went fish or i went swimming to celebrate graduation i just went off the fishing pier which Probably oh, that's what you told them was probably only 50 or 60 feet high you know and um but when the fhp found my car on the bridge that was didn't align with the story but um so much of that shame and guilt of um we can't you know we don't want to acknowledge that sure. this isn't again yeah. not part of the expectation
1: <laughs> wow so did you uh spend much time in the hospital
0: Mm-hmm, um, yeah, a considerable amount of time I had to have surgery to fix the, to address the fractures. And then um, because I had attempted on my own life, they, they had to baker Act me to um, fulfill for the law. So there was some time there too. Right. Um, so yeah, a lot of, I was embarrassed because um, it's very shameful to want to end your own life.
1: It doesn't quite meet your self-imposed standard of being the perfect
0: (laughs) young lady at the top
1: of your class and everything. So Um. the shame must have been immeasurable. Mm -hmm. So you're in the hospital broken physically. What were you thinking, and where was your relationship to God at that point? How did that emerge from this?
0: I knew I needed him and that complete surrender that I couldn't do it on my own and so I was so academically and physically capable I was able to do almost anything that I put my mind to in some way Um, and that wasn't the case anymore and things were harder and it wasn't of my strength anymore and so um I really had to to start digging in, you know, reading and um, having Bible study and accepting help from others because physically I couldn't do it on my own anymore. And that, you know, God kind of takes you through those lows um, and really he's glorified through it.
1: In a sense, you've... fell into the water but you fell into God's grace also because mm-hmm. he starts putting the pieces together it sounds like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you felt getting you felt yourself getting spiritually stronger.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say it's funny um, you, know, you like you see like Israel come out of Egypt and you know Moses like raises his hands part of the red sea and it's like the most miraculous thing like they thought there was no way out. You, know, you go left, you go right, there's there's no escape in here. I'm rescued from the bottom of this ocean, and it's a miracle. And then I'm just, like, basically them in the desert where there's, like, this, yeah, you did this wonderful thing, but, like, why isn't my life easy now? You know, like, why am I still suffering? So I think I would love to say I I had complete heart change, and everything was great. I I think there was still that wrestle of disobedience in my heart that was— I wanted to do it through my own strength and I wanted to get stronger and be back to normal. And um so I think God had to spend a lot of time with me to to really to so he could be Lord of my life mm-hmm. and he could lead my life and um and giving not making my plans anymore. So that was a lot of moulding, <laughs> a lot of molding over time. But I think I started to recognize more and more that um he was gonna mould me in he wanted to, and he wanted a relationship with me. And when you have that, it's a lot peaceful, more peaceful place to be.
1: So, yeah, so I, you've partially answered the question, but so how do you view yourself now, um, I guess, uh, through God's eyes,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: through his love and his grace towards you? Mm-hmm. How, how do you view yourself? Whereas before you were, the emphasis sounds like on, how well you could perform, and mm-hmm. you know, on your own strength, as you say. Um, so, how is it today? What's what's different today?
0: No, I, I think the now I truly recognize that it's not of my own power, in that I will never be good enough, and that's true grace. That there is nothing I will ever be able to do, you know, to earn my salvation in Christ and so really recognizing that it is only through him and it's only through God that I have any capability and so I think um when I realize it's not it's not me it's a lot less expectation it's a lot easier to let him work through you and so I don't have to carry the burden and I don't have to do it on my own I'm just called to be obedient to his will for my life and so I would just say, you know, he's t- like peeling back the layers of an onion, you know, breaking me of those habits and breaking me of the striving and that my identity is not in who I am, what I CPA exam I finish or accolades or positions I can hold here on earth. Um, he is my identity anchored in him. It, um, everything else doesn't matter. So trying trying to hold firm to that and just, it becomes a lot easier to do whatever the task is at hand.
1: I'm glad you used the word identity because I think that's what I was kind of uh, trying to get at and that word didn't come to mind until you used it, but your identity identity before you had formed based on the world's opinion of what is a success or what is Mm -hmm. proper good and so forth, but now you have a different identity Mm -hmm. in Christ and you know that you're accepted in Him and... And he loves you. He loves B-plus students.
0: <laughs> we all have different talents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he loves us all I have a feeling same. that you're
1: a really good accountant.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Uh-huh. so.
1: So it's incredible that somebody could fall 400 feet and live. And I, I, I don't know the statistics on it. I wonder if you've ever researched it, but not a pleasant topic to research. But God saved you for a reason. So what, what do you think that reason is?
0: Um, to glorify Him, and I'm here because of Him. He saved me to show me what His beautiful creation, you know? I get to enjoy so much more here I have after this life that um, now I want to serve Him. I'm grateful that I have a life thanks to Him.
1: So you want to return your gratitude, by serving him, what Mm -hmm. kind of things as uh, areas of service have you found yourself in?
0: Sure. Um, Knowing the, receiving the, you know, help of others and turning around and using what I've gone through to help other people so that, you know, what was meant for evil, what I didn't want, you know, was um, that God can use for good. So the... The sympathy I can have for someone that might be struggling mentally um, to come alongside them and encourage them um, and to see the brokenhearted in our city. So whether that's through organizations that help abused and neglected children or um, help women coming out of like sex trafficking, um, I see them in their brokenness, and but I also see that God loves them regardless of the state that they're in. And um just to love to love others
1: so he he's given you some outlets for those uh desires to help other people mm mm-hmm. yeah, i mean you're I don't know if you want to mention anything specifically or because some of the things that you mentioned like the sex trafficking you don't want to make public, but um you have a heart for that and I'm...
0: yeah, yeah, so the uh, here in Tampa Bay um created women um their their outreach is within the community and in those icky dark places um, where the light doesn't shine. And a lot of people don't want to go there, right? We we don't want to offend and we don't want to step in and um, do the bolder things. And they're in the middle of the strip clubs and on the streets where the prostitutes are and um, they're building a relationship with them because it takes statistically um, seven or eight touches or interactions before they'll even really come forward or even contemplate getting mm-hmm. out of that situation. The amount of authority. And to me, I had constraint over myself in the way I expectations, but they have another human being that's controlling and, and, and putting them down. And so, um, so when they come out of that, we accept them right where they are and then we start to encourage them and remind them of their value and their beauty and their destiny in Christ. And so um, whatever their past is, whatever they've been through, that is not, does not define them. And so very much the shame I had around attempting on my own life or, you know, things I did wrong, that we're to let that go. And, and it doesn't define us because we're, we're, new, we're new in Christ, and so to see ourselves the way he sees us, so um, just to love them that way.
1: That's great. That's great. I'm sure you have a capacity to do that that not many people would because of things that you've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that there's people that are probably listening to this and touched by your story, but especially some young people, maybe some young ladies somewhere who just doesn't see anything but darkness in the future and maybe no reason to live, Um, for whatever reasons, trauma, abuse, uh, bad self-image, what would, as we close, what what would you say to them?
0: Um, Pause. I think, you know, to be still and know there is a God, there is a God that loves you and that he wants a loving relationship you and um, with you because um, the one thing I know is that humans will let you down we are flawed and um, we disappoint but God doesn't let you down so um, when you pause and give him a chance to work you know you can get out of that present circumstance
1: okay very good and of course some people that might hear this might not even know god in a personal relationship and of course as you've told us that comes through jesus christ and what he's done for us which we could never do on our own which is uh be good enough for him because his standards are so high Mm -hmm. just like we make high standards for ourselves his standards are so high we could never reach them and Mm -hmm. jesus though lived a perfect life died for us so he no longer sees us in our efforts
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, at trying to be like him but he looks at Jesus who fulfilled all the righteous standards of God in Mm -hmm. our place and so if there's anyone listening who hasn't come to know God they need to realize that it is grace the free gift of God that um, allows us to have that kind of intimate relationship with God so that he can rebuild our lives Mm -hmm. the way he's done with you Mm -hmm. so it's been great to talk with you ashley and uh, you're just a living miracle really literally um it's a it, your story is amazing and i i i think it's going to reach a lot of people and um we we hope that they'll share a comment or two um on, after the podcast and and let us know what they're thinking well thank you and for we'll, the opportunity we'll pass that on to you but <laughs> uh, um um you plan to stay uh, in accounting business <laughs> it's a living right You've got to make is. a living
0: um i would say that the lord is definitely tugging at my heart to um perhaps serve him in a more bold way oh. some more to to be continued <laughs> okay well i
1: think you have a lot to offer in 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 that sense i think lord is <laughs> going to use you in ministry in some way so
0: i will keep you posted <laughs> yeah, keep,
1: keep us posted i am so um Viewers uh, or listeners don't know, but I'm sitting here with Karen, my wife, as and she's been the silent person in this interview. <laughs> and uh, uh, we've just we love Tampa, and you're you're probably planning to stay around here.
0: I think so. Yeah, this
1: is your home. So, well, thank you for joining us today, and uh, I pray that God just uses your story as he's, as he's used you already in so many people's lives.
0: Well, thank you, God.
1: Thank you, Ashley. I wonder if you've ever felt like Ashley, hopeless to the point where you want to end your life. If you do, be sure to get counseling. But we want you to know that God cares about you. He is there when you fall. Like Ashley, come to know him as your Savior, and he will change your life. Don't wait till things get to the point where you have no hope. With Jesus Christ, there is always hope. Have you come to know him? Believe in him today. God says that he demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5.8. He didn't die for us when we were good or trying to be good or trying to do good. He died for us when we were sinners. And if you just place your faith in him and received his gift of eternal life as a one who died on the cross and rose from the dead, He will give you that gift, and your life will begin a new section of your journey. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified of future ones, and leave a note, tell us what you think about Ashley's story. Until then, grace and peace to you. Thank you for listening.
0: For more resources, or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.